RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Wednesday morning on Reality Check Radio, and if you've been following the social media world, and now a bit of media has been covering it as well, you'll be aware of the Twitter and threads and maybe a bit of Facebook storm around comments uh, by Spark and their social media team. And uh, we've talked to a few people already, um, Bob McCroskey and, of course, uh, uh, others with their reaction. Annie O'Brien is formerly of Speak Up for Women, and she joins me. Hi, Annie. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me. Okay. So, first of all, what do you make of what's happened over the weekend in the last few days? What do you make of it? Um, It's interesting because I think um, there's been a lot of – talk on either end of the political spectrum as to what this means uh, and and how impactful it is. On, on one side, you'll have um, those saying, oh, it's a, you know, a couple of turfs in a trench coat just, um, you know, banging on their pots and pans and, and that's all it is. And on the other end, it's, you know, we've taken down the big corporates. I think the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle. Um, and I think it was significant in that it was – probably the first time that New Zealand has had a crack at pushing back in in a way that um, some of the, uh, you know, other Western countries have. We've seen in um, in America the Bud Light situation um, where they learned a, a very harsh lesson, um, and that was on a much bigger scale than this. Yeah, billions. But yeah. I, yeah. With this, I think it's not so much, you know, I, I don't know what the monetary impact was on Spark. Um, it certainly must have been significant enough for them to have done the panicked comms that they did. Um, but what is significant is that it put um, certain companies on notice. Um, it, it said, actually, Kiwis are getting fed up of being lectured to by the people who they just want telco services from or they just yeah. want to buy their groceries from. Or, yeah. you know, it's, it's this whole, um, uh, you know, non-consensual um, moral hectoring that we get um, as a side dish to, to whatever we're trying to buy. Um, and so I think it, it put them on notice and – um, I hope the lesson learned from by Spark at least is perhaps we just don't delve into these super political areas. You talked about the comms. Do you think they've done enough to, um, I don't know, placate anyone? Because it seems to me to be, well, it wasn't an apology. I read it out on, on our radio <laughs> yesterday and it didn't seem like an apology. It was more like... Um, you know, one of those, I'm sorry if you were offended, but Yeah. You know. Yeah, I think um you needed a you needed a digger to, to get to the apology. But um I think they did the, the bare minimum. It, it, the people who are making the decisions there, um, judging by, you know, looking from the outside and what we know of um the public profile of some of them, um, and also from what I've heard from the people who started popping up in my DMs to tell me they worked Spark and um, give me some insight there. Um, you know, th th those type of people, um, they absolutely would have hated issuing that almost apology. 
um, because yeah. because they politically firmly believe that they were right in supporting Shanil Lal's silly comments. Um, and so they would have, it would have been a bitter pill for them to swallow and they would not have um, pushed it any further than they absolutely had to in order to satisfy shareholders and, and, and various other stakeholders. Um, so they did the bare minimum for them. And I think they probably did the bare minimum to achieve a bit of a lull and um, kind of placate people. I think the the super principled people who were like, no, nah, I'm cancelling, they had already cancelled. Um, and so they just needed to placate the people who perhaps weren't as um, active in their um, disapproval. Yeah, um, from a PR point of view, though, some mm. of the language and the the sort of tone of the messages from Chanel Lal that I've seen mm. could be classified as quite nasty, actually. You know, nasty. Yeah. And, um, and, but to be okay with aligning yourself with that sort of what's the word? <laughs> it's more than impolite. That sort of abusive talk. Mm. Um, it seems to be a blind spot in in their. PR operation. I mean, you can agree with someone and, and philosophically align with something, but you can't, there's no excuse for uh, lining up next to, you know, some of the language that's been used, some of the mm. descriptions that have been used. Quite quite frankly, some of it feels a bit hateful. So I don't get that. Do we have an explanation for that? Yeah, no, I, I definitely hear you on that. I think to be honest, you've got to give Chanel Lal credit for the grift. Like all of these corporates that he's got singing and dancing to his tune, it's quite incredible. But you're absolutely right. You know, people who live in the real world um, and see how he speaks to people, um, his role in the Albert Park um, situation, um, he, he incited violence that day and I was right in there I can tell you it was terrifying and yep, yep. Um, it, he has completely, you know, danced off away from any consequences for that. Um, he was gleeful with his um, megaphone and dancing around. It was, yeah, just absolutely bizarre. Um, and then what, what, what I found it's find extraordinary is um, he's actually been really nasty online to um, gays and lesbians, especially ones like myself who, who don't behave and, you know, toe the rainbow line. Um, he's, uh, there's a friend of mine who, who's a gender critical gay man and Chanel Lal has called him a fag. And sorry, I don't know if I can say that on. Um, no, that's okay. Here, but, it's um, the truth. It's been said. We can repeat it. Yeah, so he's like you can find the screenshots of him doing it, and so he's held up as this icon of anti-bullying and pro-rainbow, um, and yet it takes little more than a search to find, um, you know, gay slurs and whatnot being thrown around. So it's it's quite incredible, and I think it's the classic New Zealand thing of, um, like we've got two degrees of separation or pardon the pun with two degrees yeah. we're talking about spark, but, okay. um, you know, and, um, 
the corporate world is actually very small um, and they all want to impress each other. And, um, you know, Chanel's the the shiny non-binary unicorn rainbow and they all want to be like, yeah, we're friends with him and rainbow um, activism is the latest thing in the corporate world and the, you know, diversity and inclusion. Um, look how great we are. And so he's the ty- the the shiny toy of the hour. Um, sadly for him, I don't know if he realizes it, but the next shiny toy will come along, um, and and he'll be displaced. But for now, um, you know, they're just it's just classic corporatism. The part of it that I find the most frustrating, I guess, is um, the way he has painted us all, us being the, the very stupidly, um, you know, gathered together group of, um, you know, gays and lesbians and bisexuals who naturally should be probably in the same group. And then all of the identity stuff that's joined later on, um, you know, it, he makes us all look like fragile whining, um, you know, pains in the butt um, for, for, well, certainly the um, gays and lesbians that I spend time with, um, uh, you know, we we just want to live our lives. Um, life in New Zealand is pretty bloody good, um, you know, compared to um, other countries um, where we could be thrown off buildings and, um, well, you know, go through some, yeah, exactly. you know. Yeah. Pretty awful things. And also it kind of disrespects, like, there are some incredible um older lesbians who I've had the pleasure of meeting um you know through the speak up for women um stuff that yep. I did a few years ago um who they fought for our rights you know they um, right. marched yeah. and they made sure that homosexual law reform happened um you know they ensured that we had um same sex marriage you know they had spent decades fighting and then to pretend now like uh, Chanel Lyle said on television one time, you know, things have never been so bad for for um, LGBT people or rainbow people or something. No, that's not true, actually. Um, people fought very, very hard for um, us to have the rights that we had today. And sure, there are homophobes out there, and I'm sure I'll encounter them at some point. But, you know, I can marry my partner if I want to. And, um, you know, there's no law... Um, you know, saying that I, I, I can't be gay anymore. Um, and really it doesn't affect me day to day, except for people like Chanel Lyle making a fuss about things. I think you've had some comms from people on the inside. What have, what have they said to you? It was quite interesting. Cause I, um, I started tweeting about it as soon as I saw, um, Bob McCroskey's, um, tweet, and quite quickly, I started getting people um, either who had worked at Spark or did currently work at Spark um, messaging me. Um, and mostly it was pretty, um, you know, uniform in terms of the picture they painted, uh, which was of a terribly woke organisation um, that spends an awful lot of time and money um on a lot of performative inclusion stuff and yet has an entirely um, out-of-control bullying culture. Yeah, the, um, funny that. Yeah. 
No. So it was quite interesting. A lot of them were saying, you know, basically you get out, get on the wrong side of the social media marketing um, HR crowd and you're in big trouble. Your life's not going to be happy. Um, and they've got this thing, you know, bring your whole self to work is the the saying. Um, but most of the time it's like, yeah, but not that self. Um, yeah. Right. You know? yeah. So you're allowed to bring your whole self to work if you agree with the politics of the social media team or the marketing manager or whoever, you know. Um, don't you dare be a turf. Yeah. <laughs> don't you dare think about um, you know, believing that there are only two sexes. Um, that's that's not on. Um, so yeah, there was a um I had I think about four or five people um you know, gave examples of bullying um, from uh, either senior management or um, their own managers around, you know, like diversity and inclusion stuff, basically. So it, it was very interesting because on the outside, you had this company saying, we stand by our comments initially, at least, um, you know, because it's the right thing to do and, and these are vulnerable people and blah de blah de blah we're the warriors the social justice warriors and then I'm getting all these people saying actually on the inside um you know it, it's pretty authoritarian in terms of what you're allowed to believe and what opinions you're allowed to have and and there's a huge bullying culture so I think oh, maybe Spark needs to stop worrying about what turfs are saying online and and really maybe spend some more time looking at how they treat their employees. Well, of course, the company couldn't run without engineers. I imagine most of them are male who can pull the plug and stop the operation. Are probably the ones feeling, you know, most resentment. So they better be careful. Well, so uh, someone said, I mean, I could be completely wrong here to show how ignorant I am, but I just, I saw someone tweet that um, it was ironic that um, a lot of data, um, telco data is in binary code. Um, so that they do. Yeah, have yeah to... it's, it's clever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, zeros and ones, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Thank you, Annie, for coming on and giving us a bit more of the picture. Yeah, it was good to have a chat. Annie O'Brien there. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio.